Every Sunday we've been lighting the uh, candles for the Advent wreath. The four Sundays before uh, Christmas are the Sundays of Advent. The Yet we have a fifth candle to light this morning, and that is the candle of Christ, or the, the, the candle of, of light of Christ. And so, uh, do, you, do any of the kids recall the first candle that we lit? Any of the children recall the first candle we lit? What the name was it? Yes. With the Advent candle, that's a good start. The Advent candle of hope. <laughs> okay, the Advent candle of hope. And what the Old Testament, they were hoping for uh, Christ to come the first time. And for us, we have the hope also. But we know that he's come already once died on the cross for our sins, and resurrection shows us that he has the power over life and death, and he tells us he's going to come again, bringing with him eternal life. So uh, that's what our hope is rested in. The second candle was the candle of love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I see her (laughs) saying it after me. Uh, And uh, so whoever believes in Jesus will have what? Everlasting life, okay? And so, we light the second candle. is called the candle of love, or the love candle. And what we're talking about is that this life this, this, that we have, this hope that we have, brings the, the hope of peace. Be at peace with God. When we're at peace with God is when we are saved. When we have a personal relationship with Jesus, we are saved. We are at peace with God. And when we're at peace with God, we experience what we would call true joy. In other words, the joy that comes from deep inside the soul. It says, I know that I have the hope of God that He's given me, that I am at peace with Him, and as a result, I celebrate. I have great joy. And all of this is done because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so we light the, the fifth candle this morning, which is the Christ candle. So the fullness of the Advent wreath, from hope to the coming of Jesus Christ, the peace that he gives us, the joy that he gives us, and the celebration that Christ brought the light of God's grace, mercy, and love into the world, that we would know eternal life, and that we can have that confidence that we have that. The children are dismissed to go to their program. In the way of announcements this morning, uh, we want to let you know that we will start collecting this next Sunday, collecting socks and coats for the rescue mission. Uh, we, we prefer your socks be new. <laughs> um, the, the, I, I've just 
saying that because we let the coats, you know, if you have a, a good coat in good shape that you don't need anymore, maybe you got something new for Christmas it's, uh, and so you have an extra one, this type of thing. Uh, we collect those and we give them to the rescue mission uh, in the end of January. So socks, uh, going through the store, pick up a, a pair of socks or pick up a bundle of socks. And like I say, we'll hardly feel the, the pinch of that and it's a blessing. Those who have, uh, in the past, have taken up the socks and delivered them, uh, you can see the guys they see is coming, and, and, and they'll say, what's in the bags? And we'll tell them, and they're ready to go line up uh, because it's such a blessing for them to get those things. So uh, socks and coats, knit hats, this type of thing. I was uh, uh, talking with... Uh, the Scribers and uh, Arlene Scribers' sister Kathy, who's been helping them and and all with what they're going through, she knits all year long, and she's making hats for the rescue mission. And so she starts and and she just uh, one after another. So uh, it's something that we can do. And by the way, maybe uh, you know as you think of it, you're in the store and there's a bunch of those things on sale, but it's July. Don't hesitate. Buy them up. And if you want to hold them until uh, Christmas and good collection, that's fine. Or just take them up to the rescue mission yourself. They really, really appreciate these things. Uh, blankets as well. Sleeping bags. Those kinds of things. So, uh, Also, uh, we have the uh, large print daily breads. Uh, the, they're out there uh, on the counter out there, or on the table out there. For January, February, and March is the, the that what they cover. And so if you, maybe you don't need the large print, but you've got a friend or a neighbor, uh, someone that does, don't hesitate to take one for them. In our prayer needs this morning, some of you probably have already heard that Diane Sharkey's dad passed away on Friday. And so we want to pray for uh, Diane and, and their family, their extended family. Uh, and uh, just that the Lord would be with them and bless them through this time. And uh, also Diane Van uh, passed away on the 17th of December, and so we want to pray for her family, uh, her brother uh, Dan and her sister-in-law Karen and their extended family as well. So uh, is there any other prayer needs? Deanne Sharkey. I said Diane, didn't I? Deanne Sharkey. Okay, let's pray together. Father, we come to you this morning first to take again that moment to recognize you are the God of all creation. You are the one who has brought salvation into the world for us so that we can have hope, be at peace, and have joy celebrating the light of Christ in us and in our congregation, and in the world. And we worship you and we praise you. And you tell us that we can come to your throne with an absolute confidence as we bring our needs, asking for your mercy and your grace. And so we bring Deanne Sharkey and, and her family uh, to you and ask that you would be with them, comfort them as only you can. And the same for Diane Van's family. And uh, bless them, minister to them. And we... We just ask, Lord, that you would be with them. Lord, if there is something, is something that 
any of us might be able to do and come alongside these families, uh, just put it in our hearts and uh, uh, give us direction as to how we might minister to them. Again, Lord, as we open your word this morning, we say thank you. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to remind you, uh, the offering and the communion still because of the COVID uh, uh, situation that's been going on, we are not. We don't pass the offering or the, the communion tray. The offering tray is up here, and if anybody has an offering uh, that they want to uh, share before the uh, end of the year, there's an opportunity to put it there. You can also do, mail your offering into the church. And uh, that uh, we have a locked mailbox, so it's secure. And uh, then uh, we can collect it that way, too. So, anyway, just wanting you to know what we, that we uh, have the offering here this morning. We have been reading through the Bible in a year. Hopefully, you're in the book of Revelation. Uh, the, uh, by the way, if you are behind, don't stop just because the year has ended. Go ahead and finish. Uh, the fact that you haven't got it through in a year is no uh, problem. I mean, you can you know just read it a little slower if you're like I am anyway. And so uh, just uh, keep going and complete the work. It's, it's, it's worth completing. Um, but we're in the book of Revelation this morning. It's our last message of the year as we preach through the Bible. And... Uh, uh, if you'd open your Bibles this morning to the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 1. And uh, I just want to word, read the first three verses to set the stage of what is going on here. John is the author of the book of Revelation. Uh, he was on the island of Patmos when he had... Uh, this vision of uh, encountering Christ and, and uh, what Christ had to say to various churches and, and uh, to the church as a whole. And so this is how John starts the book. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants, the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to the servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. And you'll see, you know, the blessed is the, the one who reads the word aloud, and then basically blessed is the one who hears it. And of course, today we have the privilege and, and opportunity that they didn't have at this time, and that is to have the, the Bible in its print form in our very hands, and we can read it ourselves. Also, we have the ability to listen to the Bible through uh, CDs and different uh, means of, of uh, I can't think of the word, auditory, <laughs> audio uh, uh, types of, of things that, that you can read it, uh, tape, CD, uh, that type of thing. So... Uh, I found somebody the other day who uh, has it orally over a CD uh, in the English Standard Version, and, and, and they listen to it and read along with it. And I thought that was an interesting way to do it as well. Uh, 
So here we are, we're in the book of Revelation, and my focus this morning is going to be on the last couple of chapters. I'm not going to go through it, and you know, if anybody was hoping that there was going to be an answer today to pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, and all these other things that go along with the book of Revelation, uh, blessings on you. Uh, <laughs> we're just, I just want to focus on the end, uh, and as we focus on the end of this year, I think we need good news, and uh, there's some wonderfully good news at the end of the book of Revelation. Uh, so looking at chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, God is uh, at, at the great white throne, there's a judgment uh, that's going on, and verse 14 and 15 I'd like to read. Chapter 20, verses 14 and 15, it says, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, that's as much as I'm going to talk about in the negative context that, you know, the lake of fire is the is the eternal place of, of, of judgment for all who do not follow Christ, who have not confessed Christ. And you know, it says, death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. And so we have that, that picture of that is, is obviously a place that we don't want to go. Jesus made it very clear. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. In John chapter 40, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm preparing a place for you. And, and it's going to be where you want to be, okay? And this is what he was talking about as we look at chapter 21. Chapter, uh, oh, and by the way, just a side note, the, the Lamb's Book of Life records all those who have confessed Jesus Christ. And if you've confessed Jesus Christ as your Savior, your citizenship is in the kingdom of God. Your citizenship is in heaven. And while we're not there yet, God sees us as it, done, as, as it is done. We are part of the kingdom of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, and Paul writes to the Philippians about our citizenship being with Christ, being in heaven. And so I want you to, to grab a hold of that. You know, Paul uh, wrote to the Romans, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ and that God raised him from the, the dead, that you shall be saved. And that idea of saved is in a personal, eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we are written, if you have this, if you're citizens of the kingdom of God, your, your name is in the Lamb's book of life. And then in chapter 21, verse 1, the, the very first phrase, it says, Then I saw all through the gospel, uh, or the, the book of Revelation, you're going to hear uh, the phrase, Then I saw, or then I looked, or then I heard. And, and so all of these things that John is writing down are things that he has seen, that he has uh, heard, and, and he's relaying it to us. What he saw here is awesome. 
He says, then I saw, verse 21, chapter, uh, uh, verse 20, chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. What did John see? He says he saw a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. And uh, this idea of, of new is something that it, it, it's, 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 not, it's not so much as a new creation as much as the idea that it, it now has, it's been restored, it's been re, it refreshed, it's brand new. Uh, it's unused. Is part of the definition of this word "new." It's unused. Uh, it's it's not worn out. It's unworn, which means it shows no signs of having, you know, been used. It's fresh. I like all of those terms. We have a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. And so he says, behold, you know, God is going to be right there with us. And I couldn't help but think again of the word Emmanuel, God is with us. He's going to be right there with us. But the thing that, that, that catches you is, is, is this idea of that there, there's no more death. Death will be with us no more. This is a place of eternal life. No death. That is something that is difficult for us to really, really understand. Because everything around us, because of the curse that comes with Adam and Eve, everything around us has a beginning and an end. It doesn't matter what it is. Living plants, animals, people. Death is a part of, 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 of life. And so it says, there will be no more death. There's not going to be any mourning. And this isn't AM, PM mourning. This is mourning in the sense of, of woe and sadness. There's going to be no sense of sadness. There's going to be no sense of, of crying over things lost. Everything is going to be fresh. Everything is going to be new. No sense of crying. And I know a lot of you would appreciate this last one. No sense of pain. No pain. No death, no mourning, no crying, no pain. I, I was thinking of this and, and, and it made me think of chapter uh, 5 of 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5 in 2 Corinthians reads uh, the first uh, few verses. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, 
We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And this idea is that Paul equates here is that our earthly bodies are like tents. And if you're familiar with the tents that they would be talking about, animal skins and, and, and materials, how many of you are familiar with the old canvas tents that you maybe had if you're my age growing up? Uh, they, they get wet. They've got water repellent on them. And if they got wet, you go across and you touch the top of it, drip, 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 drip into the tent, this type of thing. And if you went to, to replace uh, like a tent, a tent got a hole or a, a patch or, or a tear in it. If you tried just to sew it up right there, the, the very next time it got wet and then dried, it would tear. And so you had to go to the to the sporting goods store or, and and get a a tent patch kit and and uh, repair it because it would have pre-shrunk material material so that you could put it on there. So that, you know, it would be just exactly what that tent needs so that it could actually repair the hole or the tear. And so that's the, the, the that's our tents. And many of you in here have had repair work done on your tent. And, uh, you know, you've gone through surgeries, uh, different types of things uh, to get more use out of it. Okay? So that idea is it's not... You know, that's how Paul described it. He says, uh, but there's a tent, there's a place that God has prepared for us, not made with hands. That's our resurrected body. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be indestructible, imperishable is a word that is used frequently. It says, uh, Paul goes on, he says, for in this tent we've grown longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found Unclothed. For while we are still in the tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal, and this is the phrase I was really thinking of when I was reading this, what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. What is earthly and all around us on a normal day might be swallowed up by life, the permanency of what God promises in eternal life. What a powerful picture. He has prepared for a, who, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. So, new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. God will be there with us. No death, no mourning, no crying, no pain. And I added to it for my purpose, what is mortal is swallowed up by life. In verse 5 of chapter 21 of Revelation, it reads, And he who has seat, is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water without payment. The spring of life. The water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my child. Wow. What a picture. Part of the family of God. 
I think of all the things that Romans chapter 8 says about that. Joint heirs with Jesus and, and sharing the inheritance with Christ. And, and that nothing can come that is created can come and separate us from this promise of God. So he says, I am making all things new. Again, this idea of unused, unworn, fresh. Uh, and he says, these words are trustworthy and true. You can depend on it. You can count on it. You can place your faith in this. It is going to happen just this way. And when I look at all the things that God said are going to happen in a particular way and place out of the Old Testament in the way of prophecy, and I see in the New Testament and as how these things became truth and, and happened and came to pass, and I look at it and I say, all of that is just a testimony to the truth of what God can do, is doing, and will do. And he said, this is a trustworthy statement. You can count on it. Look what he says in, in verse 6. He says, and he said to me, it is done. As soon as I read that, it brought back to, the minds, to my mind what Jesus said on the cross. Reference to salvation. Is finished. It is accomplished. Nothing's going to come back and undo this. It is a done deal. God has said it and so be it. It is done. You can count on it. These words are trustworthy. It's done. It's, 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 I'm committed to it. God has said He will do it. It is done. And then I, I kind of put my own little word in there. After all, <laughs> yeah. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega, the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. I am the beginning and the end. And then he says to the thirsty. I love this, this picture. He says to the, to the thirsty. Uh, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Again, speaking of eternal life without payment. What he's referring to is the cross here, without payment. It's been paid for. You have been brought into the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ through the cross, what was accomplished on the cross, and the proof that that can be the, the that you can have that victory victory is the very resurrection of Jesus Christ, the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we have this confidence: what is done, this is going to be accomplished. What is done is done. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the God of all creation, the God of all eternity, has said it. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life. The very things, this, this idea of thirsty is the things by which the soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened. The kind of thirst that's going to be, that is provided for will refresh us, support us, and strengthen us. I will give of this water of life. And again, without payment. 
And again, with what Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, it is complete. The debt is paid in full. Nothing that we can bring, no offering, no attendance record of church is going to change this. The reality is that God has taken care of it. Verse 7 of, of chapter 21. He says, The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God and he will be my son. And this picture, the one who conquers, according to what uh, Paul writes in Romans, we are more than conquerors. In other words, God, looking to the future. Nothing is going to separate us, he says in, book, in chapter 8 of Romans. Nothing's going to separate us from what God has done. It is a done deal. And as a result, we can rest with that confidence. Look at what it talks about in the New Jerusalem. It says, Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues. And he spoke to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away into the Spirit, into a great high mountain. He showed me the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like the most rare jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. John, looking for all the words he could use to describe the, the awesomeness of what he saw. And I really believe that he's looking for words that he would recognize that would give the best possible picture of what he was seeing. And as a result, I'm looking at the limitations that we all have with our words and our ability to communicate things that are beyond our ability to, to really fully give an account to. And I think how awesome this is, this is going to be. Beyond our comprehension. And then again, I think of Jesus, you know, in John chapter 14, saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And, and, and how he's, he says, I've gone to prepare a place for you and, and, and that you'll be with the Father. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. All of those pictures uh, pointing us as to what Christ has done, is doing, and is yet to do. When we share in, in communion, we share this reality. What Christ has done. Communion is not a, just a picture of what Christ has done. It is a picture of what Christ is doing and is yet to do. He said he wasn't going to share this company uh, again uh, with his with his family with the, with the, the family of God, if you will, until we were together. I believe the marriage feast is is what he's referring to. And so, when we take communion, we're looking what God had promised, the hope, what Christ did, and the hope that He has put in us for His second coming. And it is a done deal. Nothing's going to undo it. The Alpha and the Omega has put it together. We're going to sing a, a song for communion. He who is mighty. And there's a, a verse in it. Unto us a son is given. Unto us a child is born. He who is mighty has done a great thing. 
taken on flesh, conquered death's sting, shattered the darkness and filled, uh, lifted our shame. Holy is His name. Oh, the freedom of our Savior won. The yoke of sin has been broken. Once a slave, now by grace, there is no more condemnation. He who is in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. God looks at us as a finished work, even though He's in the process of doing it. He has promised. Are you secure in that promise today? I hope that you are. If, 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 if there's any doubt, don't hesitate to talk to uh, someone you, you trust here at church as being a, a mature Christian. You can come to me, you can come to one of the elders and, and discuss it so that you can have that confidence. I know that I know that I know that I am in Christ Jesus. Let's share uh, our communion song. And uh, when we, while we're singing that song, uh, we have the communion tray up here. Again, I said we wouldn't be passing it. Uh, each cup has uh, actually two cups with it. The, the one cup uh, is the bottom cup. It has the bread and the top cup has the, the, the juice. You just separate them when you pick them up. Or if you prefer, we have the packets that we've been using for the last year if that's more comfortable for you. So either way. So while we're singing, come up and pick one up. Uh, if, if someone wants to pick one up for someone else that they're sitting with, uh, that helps out a little bit. Keeps the congestion down up here. So we appreciate it. So let's go ahead and sing our song.
book of Matthew. The 26th chapter, verse 26, speaks of the Lord's Supper. Now as they were eating, this was at the Last Supper, as we were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body. Matthew goes on in his writing. And Jesus took a cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for the many, for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink again of its fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Father, again this morning we take the opportunity to say thank you for these emblems that remind us every time we have the opportunity to take them, they remind us that in your sovereign grace, through the blood of Christ, through the cross, you have saved us. And as we come to you, we again confess with our mouth and, 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 and acknowledge our belief in our heart that you, God, have raised Christ from the dead that we might be saved. Thank you. We worship you. We praise you. And Lord, as we approach this new year, put in our minds just a reminder. No matter what we have to celebrate here on earth, we have this point in time that you have already fixed where we will enter into your kingdom in a new heaven, a new earth. We look forward to that day. And at times it, 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 we, we say to ourselves, Maranatha, come soon, Lord Jesus. We anticipate it. We are anxious for it. But as you tarry, Lord you do so so that others might be saved. Put in our hearts those around us that need a touch of uh, your touch, to, that need your grace and your mercy. That we might be a representation of the kingdom of God in such a way that others will see and ask, what is it that makes you different? And that we might be able to share the love of Christ, the, the, the cross, and how much you love us. We worship you, we praise you, we thank you. Go with us into this new year and guide us, strengthen us, cause us to grow in our understanding and our love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we close, please? And uh, Lord bless you. Thank you for being here this morning.